It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Brand new series called Who You Are When No One's Looking. And this series is going to be a four-week series. This is week two. It's all about character. And character is so critical for us. And I made the point last week that uh, talents and abilities will take us Places will take us to certain heights, take us to new altitudes. And it's, it's important to develop and grow our talents and abilities. However, character is the thing that will keep us at those higher altitudes. And in fact, conversely, a lack of character has done and will do, will actually cause people to topple from higher altitudes that their gifts and talents and abilities took them to, but a lack of character cause them to come crashing down. And that's hap- that can happen in marriages, that can happen in businesses, careers, finances, any important realm of our lives. A lack of character will actually erode the place that God ultimately wants us to be operating in. When I um, first had the uh, opportunity to travel to Denver, Colorado, uh, it was a unique city. They call it the Mile High City simply because it's actually situated 1,600 metres above sea level. On the, the steps to the Capitol building, one of the steps is a little plaque that says literally this, right here, this step, you are literally exactly at one mile above sea level. That's pretty cool. Um, I took my golf clubs with me on that trip and uh, the, the, the air is thinner at a mile above sea level. And uh, so I'm playing golf. Playing golf, fed, it, it, your, your ball actually travels about 10% further because the air is thinner, which is great for the ego, um, but terrible for trying to work out which club am I meant to use for this shot because I'm used to playing as I, a Perth boy at sea level. Um, anyway, first morning that I was there, we, my hotel was just along the riverside that uh, travels alongside Denver and I wanted to go for a, a run. And I wasn't in Olympic shape, but I wasn't in terrible shape. You know, I was running consistently back here in Perth and so got my gear on, stepped out of the hotel, 100 metres into this run, I was hands on knees gasping like, (gasps) could not get the air into my lungs to facilitate continuing running. 100 metres in. And I'm standing there like, you know, call the ambulance people. And the locals, while I'm standing there gasping fair, would just, just one after another, probably just looking at me like, yeah, another tourist idiots. And the thing about that is that the locals didn't have any special gift or ability that they inherently were given from their genetics that allowed them to run at a mile high altitude whilst this guy wasn't able to do it. No, they had developed that. And it's something that can be developed. And the good news is the same goes for character. That, that the altitude you're at and ultimately the altitudes that God wants to take you to that are higher than today, you will need the character to, to get you there and to sustain you there. But the good news is it can actually be developed. Now, it's not talked about a lot, this concept of character, but you know it when you experience it. 
good character and you know it when you experience it, lack of character. And so we're just gonna break down some of the key components of character. Last week, I talked about honour. And in a trolling, haters, keyboard warrior culture where you can say anything you want and have no consequences. And meanwhile, our civil society starts to erode as a result of that. Uh, the importance of honour is, is more important than ever before. And this idea that we, who are sons and daughters of nobility, of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we're called to speak and act honourably and not to speak and act dishonourably, that we're better than that. And as we do that, we build people up and we don't tear people down. In fact, I got this feedback from one of our team members and I quote, this is great stuff, like game-changing important stuff, bring it on. And I'm like, I'll bring it on. We're bringing it on. And if you missed that, good news is you don't have to experience FOMO. Uh, you can go back and watch that on our YouTube channel or you can listen to it uh, whilst the uh, rhythmic, rhythmic gymnastics is on and uh, you can listen to that. Um, just search Elevate Church Perth on the podcast platforms or YouTube. Now, bonus for those of you that wanna take a deeper dive, and we ping this out in our e-update this week, is that there's a Bible plan that parallels this series uh, called True Virtue. And uh, so I encourage you, jump on the Bible app, type in True Virtue, and uh, you'll find this plan. Uh, and you can follow along, take a deeper dive. Today, I wanna teach on integrity. Now, this is a big brain topic. So has everyone brought their big brains here? All right, good. Yep, good. If you haven't, quickly insert that and uh, kind of matrix style, we'll get into it. And if you've got your Bible app, speaking of the Bible app, how about you pop it open, all your Bible Bible, to Psalm 15. Louis already hit us up with Psalm 121. Psalm 15. And I'm going to read from the message. And this is David, who he, we actually find him having a, a kind of a rhetorical conversation with God, which on the surface is a bit absurd, um, but I think he nails it. So that's okay. And we can read this conversation that he's having with God, this rhetorical conversation. And he says to God, God, who gets invited to dinner at your place? Who, how do we get on your guest list? He's like, how do we get on the inside? How do we get to experience an intimate, everyday relationship with you? Like what's kind of the ticket here? And then he answers his own question. Walk straight, act right, tell the truth. Don't hurt your friend. Don't blame your neighbour. Despise the despicable. Keep your word even when it costs you. Make an honest living. Never take a bribe. You'll never get blacklisted if you live like this. Back in uh, October 2019, this particular story made the news. And the story that made the news uh, is that um, a, a gentleman lost his wallet on a Sunday, mid-morning, lost his wallet, and it, it was literally, literally this wallet. And it contained what we might refer to as fat stacks of cash, cash, cash. And he lost it, didn't know where, where it was. Two hours later, somebody else walked into the nearest police station with this wallet and with every single dollar still in the wallet. And so they were able to contact the man, the police contact the man that lost it and he was reunited with his wallet and more importantly, the contents of his wallet. And you read stories like that and I remember reading that story and I'm like, it restores your faith in humanity. 
Like, isn't that fantastic? In fact, the, the author or the journalist of the story called the guy that found the wallet and didn't steal anything from it a good Samaritan. Like, oh, that's super encouraging. Meanwhile, the other half of me thinks this is terrible that this makes the news because this should not be an unusual story. This should not be, can you believe somebody found this wallet and didn't boost the cash? Like, really? This is a problem. It shouldn't be newsworthy. But the reason this story made the news is because integrity is culturally on the slide as a value by which people live. Now, before you start thinking about people in your sphere that you think, well, yeah, they lack integrity and you start getting no Judge Judy on them. Let me, let me highlight or underline what integrity is not. Integrity is not perfection. And that should be a relief to some of you. It's not never doing or saying anything wrong. Because if it was, the only person that ever lived with integrity would be Jesus. And the rest of us, it, we're, we're, we're disqualified. So it's not perfection, but I wonder what you do think of when you hear the concept integrity. What, what, what kind of definition starts to formulate in your head? And I, and I wonder if maybe many of you, you might start to thinking about trustworthiness or honesty like this guy. And, I, and I'm gonna put it to you that, that, that integrity includes that, being honest and being trustworthy. That's, that's one of the moving parts in integrity, but it's not the whole definition. In fact, let me put out a more comprehensive definition. And I'm gonna read this twice because it, it's like, huh? Integrity is the quality or state of being complete or undivided. You can find this in the dictionary. I didn't make this stuff up. Let me say that again. Integrity is the quality or state of being complete or undivided. And those concepts, complete or undivided, as far as they pertain to integrity, is about there being a consistency in our lives. Specifically, let me give you three examples. Consistency, this is probably one of the more obvious ones. The consistency between what you say and the truth. That there is no such thing as alternate facts. That you're not one who's prone to exaggeration, which is a form of lying. And typically people exaggerate when they know that their position is a little bit weak. So let me kind of inject a few steroids into this, but it's actually, no, no, just, just tell the truth. Like, really? Um, or then, yeah, of course, flat out lying. And that happens. Gaslighting, there's a new one. People that know it's wrong and you know it's wrong, but they try to exert a little bit of extra horsepower to get you to kind of think, oh, maybe it isn't wrong. No, th there needs to be a consistency. So that's probably one of the more obvious aspects of integrity. Here's another one, somewhat obvious that your internal beliefs and your external actions are consistent. That you're not a good church goer on Sunday and then a total kind of loose cannon Monday to Saturday. That your belief and your external actions and words actually marry up. And then this one, maybe a little less obvious, that you're consistent across all spheres. 
that does not church you, work you, parent you, spouse you, private who you are when no one's looking you, that there's not these versions of you that are all kind of segmented like slices of a pie, but rather there's consistency, that there's only one version of you. A few years ago, we, we had a new family join the church and they come from probably a slightly different church background to what we uh, cultivate here. And uh, Louie and I had invited them, to, the kiddos to join our Elevate group. It was in our home Wednesday night. And the, the kiddos rolled in and, and uh, one of them said to me, oh, uh, I would have thought this is, was impossible. And I'm like, what's impossible? And they said, to get an invite to the pastor's house. And I'm like, why? And he goes, well, because you've obviously got two versions of yourself. I mean, you've got your Sunday version and then you've got like your midweek version. And I'm like, no, I don't. I said, first of all, I don't have the energy to cultivate and maintain two versions of myself. I'd lose track. It's impossible. And I said, but no, I don't have two versions. I mean, certain, certain settings might bring out different expressions of who you are, but they're not different versions of who you are. And that's a key part of integrity. But I said to them, hey, keep coming back. You'll find out for yourself. And well, you have to ask them if I was gaslighting them or not. But here's some incentive. This is something that Solomon wrote. Honesty lives confident and carefree, but shifty, moving the truth around, moving yourself around, being different in different settings is sure to be exposed. The people who live consistently, there's only one version of you Never lie awake at night hoping people won't find out. Because there's nothing to find out. It's like, it's on the table. This is me. I only have one version of myself. So there's a bit of an incentive. Another thing to, to, to understand is that the opposite of integrity isn't dishonesty. It's actually hypocrisy, which is a strong word. And many of you will have maybe some experience or even or just some notion that Christians are often labeled as, and I quote, a bunch of hypocrites. Because in some spheres of our society, there is a perception that too many Christians are known for expecting everyone else to be perfect, whilst quite clearly not being perfect themselves. Now, and if that's true, if, if, if we, me, you, any of us, individually, corporately, globally, if we're projecting that, then that is a very, very fair and justified label. But that's actually not what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy, in fact, comes from classical Greek plays where the people in those plays, by the way, our media team saw this this morning and, and, and thought that they were just having a bad dream. Uh, the, the, this, this was found in one of the many uh, architect, archaeological uh, discoveries in Greece, that this is the sort of a thing that in these plays, these classical Greek plays, that an actor would actually hold up and, in front of their face during the entire play. And the word hypocrite is actually the original Greek word. It translates simply an actor. That's what the word translates. And it, it, it wasn't a criticism. It was simply like the person that is doing this, they are an actor. They are an hypocrite. 
But the reason that's become part of our modern parlance is that this does actually typify what hypocrisy really means. What it really means is that you have two versions of yourself. You have the forward-facing version, the version that you project to the world, and then there's the real you that's hidden behind the mask. And that, and if we creep into that, is when we can start to honestly be accurately labeled as a hypocrite. And one of the groups of people or one of the practices that Jesus dunked on the hardest was, was hypocrites. In fact, he dunked on them harder than he dunked on prostitutes. Uh, he dunked in, in, in he, it was the religious leaders of the day or some of the religious leaders of the day that, that he called out for being hypocrites. And this is what he said, dunking on them big time. You're hopeless, you religion scholars and Pharisees, frauds in fact. Yeah, you buff the surface of your cups and bowls so they sparkle in the sun. In other words, you give a lot of attention to what everyone in the public sees. So they'll think better of you, so they'll think more highly of you. But while the insides are maggoty with your greed and gluttony. But then Jesus doesn't call out the need to, don't pay any attention to how you are in the public. Well, I don't really care what anyone else thinks. Well, that's silly. Uh, he talks about making them consistent, that you're giving equal attention and making sure that there's a consistency between who you are on the inside and who you are on the outside, that there's only one version of you. Scour the insides and then the gleaming surface will mean something. In church speak, we have the expression Sunday best. Make sure... You bring your Sunday best. And what that translates to is glam up for Sunday. Wear your Sunday best. And uh, that's okay. If that's your thing, if you're breaking out the makeup, or if you're putting on the long pants on a Sunday and normally you, you probably don't even wear pants, that's fine. That's great. If that's your thing, I'm not gonna yuck your yum, go for it. But the problem I have about this concept of Sunday best as being how you present externally is number one, you can present wearing and looking a million dollars like your Sunday best and have a terrible attitude. To, you, can, you can come with your Sunday best and stand in a dark corner and gossip about somebody. You can wear your Sunday best and dishonor the people around you. You can bring your Sunday best and, and say, God, not today, mate. So that's a problem. And the other problem is, why just Sunday? Let's bring our Jesus follower best, one version of ourselves into every setting. Let's bring our Jesus follower best into our workplace, into our place of study, into our homes, into our marriage with our kiddos. One version, not the Sunday version, the I'm a Jesus follower and this is who I am version. Heard, heard a story about a, a guy who was employed by a construction company and he was like the leading, one of the leading hands building homes for this company. And uh, he'd been working for this same company, this leading hand, in a leading hand role for, for coming up on 40 years. And he telegraphed years in advance to the owner of the company, his planned retirement date. 
and he would keep reminding the owner every year, don't forget I'm retiring on this date. Don't forget I'm retiring on this date. The date would get closer. Don't forget now, I'm retiring on this date. Well, one month before that date, that this man had long planned to retire, the owner came to him and said, listen, can you, I, just, can, I need you to just build us one more home. And the guy's like, listen, I have been telling you for years the date that I was planning retirement and you're coming to me a month before that and asking me to build one more home. No deal, not gonna happen. And the owner, he kind of was pretty persuasive and he's like, listen, just can, can you just really need just one, just one more home. And so reluctantly, the guy agreed. So he got into it and look, his heart wasn't in it. And he, was, he, he found contractors that would do a quick job, but not a good job. You know, people he would have never used in the previous 40 years. He started cutting corners with materials and just again, just getting it done. He was smart enough to make sure it was none of the stuff that you could see on the surface, but just the stuff that you couldn't see. Cutting corners just so he could get this thing done and then he could go play with his grandkids full time. So he finished the project and the owner came on site and the owner said to him, you know, hey, listen, reaches into his pockets and holds out a set of keys and said, we so appreciate the enormous contribution you've made to our company over the last 40 years that as our retirement package and now showing the gratitude to you, this is your house, free and easy. Thank you for everything you've done. And that story is very much a metaphor for our lives. That there's sometimes where we cut corners and no one's ever gonna notice, but we're actually eroding our own life. There's, there's things that we'll say that, that may actually never come out in the wash in public, but we're actually eroding our trustworthiness in the eyes of God. There's, there's little groups that we can hang out in that we think, you know, we're just chatting. It's like, what? No, you're gossiping. Stop that. It's dishonoring. Is it building people up or pulling people down? It's putting people down. Well, stop it. You're better than that. Well, no, the person that we're talking about is not here, so it's okay. Like, what? The fact the person's not there means it's, it's no. But in all those things, it's a metaphor for life that when we live with different versions of ourselves and think that it doesn't matter because no one's watching, we're actually, it's our life that we're destroying. Comma, because it's very rarely just our life that we're destroying because we live in relationships. And so when we live without integrity, we often are affecting other people. In fact, last week, a group of us went to, to, to lunch and um, chatting with, with one of our team there. And uh, they'd moved away earlier this year uh, intrastate for like a sort of a dream job. And uh, a couple of months into that job, it wasn't working for them. And they, in fact, their mum flew to the, where they were in like stage a, midnight rescue and brought, her, brought them home uh, for their own sake, you know. And uh, so we're just asking, like, what, what was happening? Like, what, was, what made this job so untenable? Like, on paper, it was your dream job. And they said it was literally the manager. The manager 
of this place of business was so inconsistent that I just, I couldn't, my mental health was going down the toilet. And we're like, well, inconsistent in what way? They would be up one minute emotionally, down the next. They would ask you to do this one hour, but something completely opposite the next. And, and they said, I just, I was literally walking into work, treading on eggshells and through the day and then the second day and the weeks and then the months, it just, it got untenable. So I had to get out of there. And here's the thing. This was that person's dream job. They were willing to actually uproot themselves at their own expense and move hundreds of kilometers away to this job. They no longer work for that company. That company shot themselves in the foot because they had a manager who had multiple versions of themselves. And so if you're a parent, if you're in leadership, if you're in married, understand that a lack of integrity, having multiple versions of ourselves, it's not just our lives that we erode. It's actually also many times the people around us. So I wanna invite you to pray a prayer. And uh, we're diving deep with David today. And this is a prayer that David prayed. And now, by the way, uh, we taught a series on, we call dangerous prayers, maybe four years ago. Uh, and this was one of the dangerous prayers. So I'm gonna invite you, I can't make you, but I'm gonna invite you to pray a prayer, but I need to warn you before you say, yeah, I'll give it a crack. Understand, this is a dangerous prayer. So just, you know, I'm not gonna say who wants to pray. Just This is between you and God. But I'm gonna show you what the prayer is and then you decide, yes, I'm in or no, thank you. Uh, here's, and I've highlighted the dangerous bit in bold. It's the first three words. So you, that you might not, you might just read those three words and like, no thanks, I'm out. So that's fine. The coffee's great. Uh, toilets don't stink. So you just might wanna leave the auditorium this morning uh, now. But if maybe you're thinking, you know what? Because look, we're not perfect, but that's not, God's not calling us to perfection this side of heaven. But He is calling us to be better. He is calling us to be consistent. He is, he is wanting to form us and transform us into the image and likeness of His Son, Jesus, day after day, week after week, month after month. That our character is actually gonna take us to higher altitudes and allow us to remain at those higher altitudes. And it's actually a lack of character that are bringing us down. And sometimes, and this is, this is just the reality of it, sometimes the things and the aspects that take us out are blind spots. Blind spots in our character. Bad habits that, that we've kind of learned to live with so we let them hang around and we don't even kind of recognise them as bad habits because that's just who I am. So this is a prayer that says, you know what, God, if I got any stuff that's less than your best, if I've got any inconsistent stuff, can you, can you pop the hood and, and run some diagnostics? Can you kind of, like, I'm just gonna give you permission to just come on in, be as invasive as you feel you need to be. And I'm aware it might be painful, uh, might require some behavioral course corrections that might not be my preferred choices, might not be entirely comfortable. Might have to go and apologize to some people. I don't know. Uh, might have to play the long game because some of these character, poor character traits have been long established and I have to re, 
route things, but okay, here we go, God. Uh, this, this is a prayer. David, man, you had a big pair of kahunis when you prayed this one first time around. Investigate my life. Oh God, find out everything about me. Here's some legal speak, DDB. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. And then, please, don't leave me there. I want you to guide me on the better road, on the better path, on the higher road to eternal life. So I'm just putting that out there. This is a, this is a DIY prayer. This is a please try this at home prayer. This is a pop this open on your Bible app. This is a copy and paste this from the Bible app, it's legal, uh, into your notes app. This is a write this on a sticky note. Is that still a thing? On your dashboard, several sticky notes if you've got big handwriting or poor eyesight <laughs> or both. <laughs> um, but this is about us getting real and serious and, and always wanting more, to be more, to be used more and to not let anything that's lacking in us uh, be something that takes us out or has a negative effect on other people. By the way, uh, whilst Ange Davey reads for her uh, camera app on her phone, uh, it's good now, hey, Ange, that's top of the class stuff right there. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a shout out. Uh, I'll figure out another way to throw you under the bus later. Um, but this, this is on our website. We put all of our slide decks every week on elevatechurch.me. So if you're like, was, what was that danger sea prairie thingy? Uh, it's on our website. You can always go there and, and take a screenshot as well. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.